With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. We're back in the studio and much is going on behind the scenes. Two things. First off, you are here in the studio because you successfully drove a Maserati <laughs> all the way to Utah. So that's congratulations to you. And Thank you. I successfully drove you, you one did. back and you arrived. Did. And I have a uh, Volkswagen Phaeton on a transport truck coming from Florida. It's on a truck it right is now. Happen- it is not happening anymore. It is going on. It is in process. Yes. Oh, my god. Thank you to all of you that contributed to the GoFundMe to make this madness happen. And then there's been a weird phenomenon. That I'm actually look look this whole process. I hope you've listened and heard all this madness. This whole process has been learning process for us, and we're trying to be flexible in it. And what's happened that surprised me is once you guys started seeing the Instagram posts about the fact that you actually bought a Maserati, <laughs> there's a bunch of people Definitely that donated been. now. Uh, which now also, that they know it's thank happening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. So, okay, all right. Look, I, I, I'm willing to be flexible. We'll leave it open. If you still want to get in because now you really know that these two idiots are serious, that's fine. And and the cars are here. Look, we are having discussions. I will start out by saying, and props to Instagram user Adam Anderson in Sweden. He goes by IS underscore TY. Okay. And he said, yeah, Paul, on podcast episode 132, <laughs> you said publicly yes, that you, you would never own a Maserati. Uh-huh. And you're right, Adam. I am currently being served a giant plate of crow meat with mm-hmm. a, a delicious slice of humble pie afterwards. Mm-hmm. It, it is happening because thanks to you guys, I have a Maserati. <laughs> I still can't believe <laughs> it's it. It's the craziest I'm thing. I'm shaking my head at this whole thing. It's It's absurd, but I'm excited. And so I want to tell the story of how it all came to be. The, the Maserati you, exists. You have to tell it. And, and then I have another story about a guy that I showed it to and just thought, what are you doing? He's yeah, a drag a great, racer. It's a fantastic story. This, this car is anyway. already creating stories. You've already shot your yeah. first video. That's coming out. Genuinely, it's coming out in the next week or so. Yeah, it was shot during the drive yeah, from so, Vegas. So we already have the intro video of this car. We do have a cool car debate coming up after the break as well. So keep in mind that is coming plus a lot of your questions. But I, I really wanted Paul to take the opportunity of course, being me, I'll interject. But Paul, take the story to tell this story because it's absurd. And one of the things that happened, you guys have to know, and I mentioned this to Paul, and you've already heard the setups of it. He has now become the most conflicted man I know oh because gosh. there is so much history, as you already know, of Maserati <laughs> hate. But now – and this comes right back to something we do here on the show, and that is no car is all good and no car is all bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. we try to find the good and bad of every car. And and the reason you're conflicted is because you come with all this Maserati baggage and there's all things – genuinely, there's things about it that are still not good. But you're oh, also yeah. finding yeah. things about it that are endearing. Well, very much so. And so the story is, first of all, the shopping. Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of time shopping everywhere, all kinds of ideas. Thank you guys for sending both Todd and I links mm-hmm. to things you found. Sometimes we'd found that same car listed elsewhere. Thank you very much for the for the help and definitely uh, it's very cool. It, it's all settled out. So during the shopping, of course, <laughs> I want to know a little bit more about the year, the model ranges, what's good, what's bad. Of course, price is paramount. Why they're all bad? <laughs> they're all bad. And we knew. And also, oh my god! There's this additive, by the way. We knew. Just so you guys are aware. We knew going in that whether Paul got a Jag or he got this Maserati or he got whatever, the, the, the joke here, well, the actual discussion point, is how much these luxury sedans drop. But nothing has dropped as far, as fast as the Phaeton. If you want to get similar yeah. to Phaeton numbers, yeah. roughly five, six grand, which is what I spent for mine, <laughs> you have to go to the 90s for other luxury sedans. We wanted to get something roughly the same year to talk about the difference, the, the change of technology. So we're talking mid-2000s is what we're shopping all for. And all of those, typically, a lot of those used luxury sedans are about twice as much as a Phaeton. So we knew going in, whatever Paul got was going to be almost twice as much of whatever I was going to spend on it. We just knew that. We just accepted it. This is reality. It, yeah, it's because the Phaeton is what it is. Yes. And ultimately, it's about these two cars that we have talked about for so long, manifested finally in us owning them, <laughs> which we can't believe. It's going to hit you Pickle right fork. between the eyes when that Phaeton shows up on of the trailer. Of course it is. It, you're going to be jaw it's dropped. Boggle me. I'm going to shoot you as you back that thing off the trailer. It is happening, man. I have been driving the Lotus. We have a, we have a break in the weather right now <laughs> yeah, because do. it's it's getting to about mid 50s, and but the the coldest it is during the daylight hours during most of the day is like 40. 
Yeah. So I've yeah. been driving the Lotus as much as I possibly can, partially because I know it's get about it to go in. away for a long time, get and also because in. I'm about to get a 5,000-pound monster <laughs> aircraft carrier of a sedan. It will be the opposite part of, it, of the world. Totally. So I'm kind of soaking up Lotusness, if you know what I mean. <laughs> You know, it's great. Uh, I, it's I'm embracing great. my inner Colin Chapman while I can until I go off into the German madness. I land. mean, yeah. it's hit me like crazy. And so, yeah, we had decided and I, I needed a car to compete with this Phaeton, a car that had, you know, <laughs> dropped so much in value I'm thinking, in similar years. And I, that you have some history, with. you know, I, I, that I have some history with. But I, I liked the idea of the 97, you know, 740 IL. Yeah, totally, I liked that totally, idea. Yeah. But I wanted to go a bit newer to compete against uh, yeah, the Phaeton. a decade back further. Yeah. And we had talked about it. And then, of course. A lot of you have found <clears throat> I'm eating so much humble pie at this point It's not even funny you, You've found places on the podcast Which are many where I've uh-huh. ranted and railed yeah, against Maserati I will tease them endlessly about being the four-door Yes I, That is never going away And so as I was shopping I thought, forums I've got to dive in and start educating myself on this thing that I'm, I guess I'm buying. Be careful. The predominant forum for Maserati is MaseratiLife.com. Maserati Life, yo. You betcha. And Maserati so Life. As a matter of yeah. fact, mm-hmm. it is well-trafficked. The threads from years past are resurrected and continued on. It is one of the most active forums there is. Maybe that's a bad thing because the cars are constantly, <laughs> constantly in need of stuff. This is broken today. There, there's a thread on there oh, that no. says, today's problems. Started oh, in like God. 2014. Today's problems. People just pile on. It's pages long. Oh, man. Like, oh, that's not what you want to see. What have I done? Yes, that's true. What have we wrought? <laughs> oh, no. So I'm diving in here, and I think, okay, there's all kinds of things to be worried about, so just find a car. Get it. And also the point was not to get the cheapest thing imaginable. True. And they're True. just yes. – because yes. as I, I think most of you want these cars to burn to the ground, buy the highway, leave us stranded, we're calling AAA, <laughs> or we're calling an Uber, and we're riding home and you know washing our hands of the entire experience. But I suspect both of these cars are going to run, and we want to do preventive maintenance. We want to keep well, up on stuff that we can that's not – you know, short of engine teardowns or suspension replacements. Yes, we want to make the we want to make these cars run. We need content out of them, and totally. cars that drive well are timeless. It doesn't matter yes. the car, doesn't matter the year. Cars that drive well, whatever they are, technology and safety mm-hmm. aside, are timeless. This is the extreme example of the fact that we talk about used cars so much on the show. Mm-hmm. We talk about the benefits to enthusiasts, even though if you have the means, please buy new enthusiast cars. But the benefit to enthusiasts <laughs> exactly. of Take, letting someone else take the depreciation hit. This, this mm-hmm. is an extreme example of this reality. But at the other end of the spectrum, we didn't want to have things that when it winds up on TV, it's a joke. That's they, not they what need, we want. They need we don't to wind just, up on TV. And, yeah. and, and, and I'd much rather have you, the audience, look at these cars and be like, you got that for how much? And be surprised and intrigued yeah. than, wow, he bought something terrible. That's the preference. That doesn't mean it's going to work out that way, but that's, that's part of the way we shop. The, there were some Phaetons out there that were mechanically sound and visibly, physically, really rough. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. so we avoided that. And also, the other night, I was re-watching an episode of Grand Tour with my son. Okay. And they bought old Italian cars. Oh, my gosh. And oh, my, my wife gosh. walked into the room and looked at me and goes, so what you're saying is, <laughs> you've just done... And stretch to do the thing that they do every episode for the heck of it. And I said, kind of. Yeah, pretty much. Except except they I t- they buy stuff that is so cheap that the whole joke is how broken down it is. We do want these to run even though we are terrified. So please go on. I, I am beyond terrified. All right. So we knew in the past week we're going to the SEMA show in Las Vegas <laughs> 2019. And I've been shopping around all over the nation, everywhere. I even looked at Maserati's in the UK thinking – I mean the, it, the thought lasted for 10 seconds. Wait. You did what now? I shopped for Maserati's in Britain because I thought, well – why Wait, did you? The thought process went like this. Really? Expensive luxury cars. Where did those fall off a cliff? England. Huh. What if I bought it super cheap, had it shipped, started. Nope, that's not going to work. Dang it. <laughs> I'm really glad you Ten stopped seconds. that line of thinking. Ten seconds. I had no I, idea you'd gone there. I did. That's terrifying even more. I've looked at repo sites mm-hmm. I didn't know existed. <laughs> because the Maserati is a baller car. Everybody yes. wants it, then they find out how much it actually costs you behind the scenes. What it's breaks. not the purchase price. What continues breaking. And then some people you know, can't afford the payments on it, even mm-hmm. at a you know 
cheap car, and so the cars are repoed, they're beat down, the cars have deserved treatment, or gotten treatment they don't deserve. There's a lot of rough ones out there. So it's a little bit disheartening. I think, all right, I want—I don't want to get the cheapest thing. One guy in Denver said, hmm, well, yeah, the one we have, um, when it goes into drive, it, it drives great, but it doesn't always go into drive. Like, wait, what? How are you selling? He's like, well, I thought it was going to project, and I, I want this to go to a home where somebody kind of knows what they're doing. I'm like, nobody knows what they're doing, Maseratis. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the entire None world of us is lost. Do. Maseratilife.com is today's problem. It is. That's hysterical. And he said, yeah, he was asking 7500 And I thought, no. I mean, come on. For a car that might go into gear. It might go into gear. And he's like, when it goes into gear? It drives great. Car drives great. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, buddy. Awesome. So I thought, all right, what if I could find something in the Vegas vicinity? Wouldn't that be a laugh? Because. Me, if we were there. Yes, because the whole thinking here is, and again, you guys know that I'm shipping mine from Florida. As much as I would love to drive it, I can't spare you, three days. You've, you've got to tell the story about you called the same woman who helped you with the yes. shipping of the Mitsubishi. Yes. She recognized you, remembered you. Yes. You're her favorite customer now. Jo- Joanna. Business. From, honestly, I meant, I've recommended her before. Joanna from Ironclad, Ironclad Transport. Is phenomenal. Now, all of these transport companies. Thankfully, I found her during the. I like madness. that she sassed you. Oh, for sure, for sure. She, she's she's the the grandmother I didn't need. That, that's kind of her demeanor. <laughs> that's kind of her. You know, she's 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 awesome. Joanna's fantastic. That's awesome. Or maybe maybe the older sister. I'm not sure which. It's that kind of demeanor. Like when you get that kind of teasing. Sure. It's that kind of teasing. You're like that anyway. kind of stung. Yeah, huh. she's she's awesome. But but here's the thing. All of these quote unquote transport companies are actually just schedulers. Right, that right. know transport guys. And Joanna has a really good reputation with not only clients, but also with uh, the transport truck guys. So once I found that out, fighting to get the Lancer to me, <laughs> I called like, her back. Please let it not be Wisconsin. Please let yeah, it not seriously. be Wisconsin. So, uh, but I have this tendency to buy these cars in the middle of nowhere. This one also uh, is, <laughs> is in the middle of nowhere. But yeah, she's, she's helping it get transported, which is fantastic. It's phenomenal. It's coming to Salt Lake. Oh, ra- randomly, the transport company is based in Salt Lake. So, so the driver's filling up and driving home. He's filling up with home. cars and driving home, which Fantastic. is cool. Fantastic. Anyway, so yeah, she's been very helpful. And uh, But we knew, okay, whatever car Paul found away from a one-day's drive, we were going to add the cost of shipping it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. to all of these cars. Keep going. All right. So thought, going to be in Vegas. Wouldn't it be cool if I found one there? It, I mean, just randomly, it was just a random thought, fleeting thought. And to be honest, I was thinking in the nine eighty five hundred nine thousand range uh-huh. because we were going to ship them. That was yeah. going to be twelve hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't looking as high as ten. Mm-hmm. And so I just I reset everything and started shopping for ten thousand, a little bit over, and I found one <laughs> right next to the Vegas airport. Yes, from a. Sketcharama dealer, sketchy and yes, questionable. Yes, it's in yes. a strip mall. Mm-hmm. The fleet is kept in the parking lot. It's by appointment only. I'm like, uh-huh. Okay. Vin was posted, and it's a 2005 mm-hmm. Neiman Marcus mm-hmm. edition, number 32 <laughs> of 60. There's only 60 of these bad boys built. So awesome. I, so exclusive. I have to tell you the other side of this. <laughs> my side of this. I called. We're leaving for SEMA. Crack of dawn Tuesday morning. Yeah, right. I'm talking to Paul midday Monday. We're wrapping things up. I'm telling him about the fact I've I've put a deposit down on the Phaeton. I realize this was one kind of week ago from this recording. One week ago from this recording, and we're having this conversation. And Paul goes, "Um, I would, I would." So cautiously, by the way, so cautiously, he goes, "Just um, toe in the pool." I want to run something by you, and I'm thinking. What? <laughs> and he tells me this story. This is again. This is the day before we leave for, for SEMA. He tells me this story, and the more he tells it to me, the more I love it. <laughs> because, the, and then he tells me Neiman Marcus edition, which, by the way, is the uh, on the list. Let me back up. Just go back and type with me, folks. Maz, <laughs> for reasons I don't understand, Neiman Marcus picks a car and they do the quote unquote Neiman Marcus edition every year around Christmas time, yeah. and they sell a limited number of them, and it typically is some tiny. Any variation on trim and a plaque, mm-hmm. and they charge a killing extra mm-hmm. for that. And they sell out in Which minutes. means that the Neiman Marcus edition Maserati Quattroporte in 2005 is the least logical one to actually buy in 2005. <laughs> it was a $125,000 car new. Gosh. When Paul tells me he's found a car... In Vegas, and it's the Neiman Marcus edition. I said to you, I said, if this, unless this car is missing an axle, I think we're buying this car. <laughs> Keep going. 
So I I like the photos. It's the Bordeaux Ponte Vecchio, which is the Pininfarina chosen special colorway with the Poltrona Frau ivory leather and the you piping. You just love to use it's, the Italian. It's yeah. all about the piping, the color match piping on the seats. <laughs> oh, man. And as, you're right. It's just adhesive, sticks the plaque on the instrument panel and it's not even a high-end plaque by the way no it's, it's not like they cart it's there on on the wood trim it's not you would think they made a little recession it's like to fit second it grade participation no no it's like we stuck it on quality. oh yeah, yeah it's really bam good stuff. there yeah. it is 32 of 60 buddy they've sold 60 uh-huh. but they sold 60 at hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. you're exactly. looking at one for less than a tenth of what it was bought uh-huh. for it was Keep like eight percent of the purchase price <laughs> <laughs> they were asking ten thousand five hundred dollars yes and Actually, the the uh, the going rate for that car, the the average mm-hmm. is about twelve nine. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, all right, this is already a deal. Yeah, we're gonna be in Vegas, <laughs> and my thought process went like this: All right, let's go have a day at the convention center, take a ride share over to the dealer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at you know five o'clock after the show's over. Yeah, we'll yeah. take a look at the car, and we <laughs> might have a Maserati for the rest of the week to ball in Vegas. We're ballers in Vegas. <laughs> And that's exactly how it turned out. Oh, you've got to be kidding. So I pulled the Carfax. I liked this story. I, I like this entire process more than I should say. I can't believe I this just, still. I did thoroughly enjoy it. Look, I'm taking this long-term view of life in general, just sort of the, well, that's an experience. Let's go have that experience. It's a <laughs> sketchy dealer. I've never done this before. What on earth? I mean, there's only one key to this car. One. Yeah, that's all they is. have is just one key. But I just love the idea. Forget SEMA for a second. I love the 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 outside. Honestly, this is an Instagram story we didn't take advantage of. <laughs> let, let, let's go macro view for a second. We Uh-oh. are we're here. Here's my you ready? Here's my macro vlogger version. All of this. right, all right, dude. For our next video, we're gonna fly to Vegas and buy a car and drive it home. <laughs> Sure. That's pretty much what we did. That That's is exactly That's pretty it. much what we did. And I also have to say, I have to tease you for a moment. Because these cars are low budget, because you guys have helped us buy them, we are paying cash for these cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paul has not shopped this far down the automotive totem pole before. <laughs> Paul is a oh. more he, he is a, he is a more selective shopper than the level at which we're now shopping for I'm, these cars. I'm taking the bullets over here. So, I'm just ready to be teased. So, endlessly. It, it, but it's all no, right. You're, 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 but here's the thing: Bring you're it. embracing the process. That's what I'm finding yes, funny. Yes. It's just you're hanging out with Chance and I, who have had a few cars in our life. We're just like, well. Um, that doesn't even have a comma in it, but I need a car. So we've we've had slightly different car experiences than you. So we're bringing that sensibility to to you coming from the other inspector. We're meeting in the middle, uh-huh. strangely, at a Neiman Marcus edition Maserati Quattroporte. I had the appointment. I went in, met the owner. He was on a conference call, and it's a shared office space. So he runs his business out of some, like – you know, divorce lawyer's office <laughs> sits in the same chair, use the same desk, and there's business cards on the desk. I'm like, wait, these aren't okay. Never mind. We're <laughs> that's for the other guy. We're that's talking in here cars. Off hours. Am I in yeah. the right place? Very funny. Yes, yes. So we get there. There's the car sitting outside. And mm-hmm. by the way, I had pulled the Carfax, mm-hmm. which is crucial. Yes. Both Todd and I have spent yes. money and time, you know, pulling cars, running the VINs. To look at what we've discussed, we've had phone calls. Well, what do you think about this? What do you think that means? We're extrapolating information about kind of what we think this means. You've gone down a lot of rabbit holes. I, I think you've pulled more Carfaxes than I have on I've Phaetons. pulled six or eight. Yeah. And yeah. It, to the point that they were starting to literally run together. I had to label Carfaxes color, price, yeah. and location to understand which one they correlated to. I was lost in a sea for about a week. <laughs> of uh, which? Wait, no, it wasn't that one. This is the one with the. Wait, I got it. Is that the blue one? Unbelievable. Or the black Seriously, one or the... I did a ton of that. Yeah, but I dodged some bullets in the process. I think you did. Anyway, I think you still bought really well, even we'll at see. five we'll six k. So this Carfax indicated the car was brought over from Belgium, manufactured, brought to Newport Beach, California, for its first owner. By the way, it's had five owners. That's, okay, that's fine. Six. At this point, that's fine. Yeah. So Newport Beach is where it began its life, mm-hmm. and then it went to Salt Lake City dun, dun, for dun. the, pro- the uh, subsequent f- uh, three or four owners. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you've got to be kidding me. You're locally, yeah. And I saw service after service at the Ferrari Maserati dealer yep. in Salt Lake City. I thought, yep. this car, i got to buy this car. Mm-hmm. i got to save it. i got to bring it back home. Yeah, and clearly it had been serviced regularly. Regularly, there was a few gaps in there where nothing happened. I'm like, okay, from about thirty-two thousand to fifty-eight thousand miles, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. That's the I didn't go to the dealer service. My buddy and I did fine. Exactly. On it. 
So everything had checked, no accidents, no damage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. odometer checked out, and I thought, well, shoot, this car is just kind of ripe for the picking. It's yeah. it's a yeah. local car to us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. serviced at Ferrari Maserati right here. Then it went to the dealer auction, and I think it traveled to Arizona or something for an auction. This dealer in Las Vegas picked it up. <laughs> Had it in Vegas. Are we calling him a dealer? <laughs> Sorry. I'm being so, generous over here, okay. all right? I'm being generous. And so here it was, sitting in Vegas, ready to go. And he told me, I've had so many calls on this. Are you paying cash? Mm-hmm. And on the phone, I could hear this sort of sigh of relief. I said, yes, I'm paying cash. Just went, okay, all right. Good. That That's a relief. So many people are calling this car. Mm-hmm. I've had it a month. You wouldn't believe how many people want this car. And... I know who it is. You just want a cheap baller car, and he had a ton of people. You want to him. finance it? Yes, a ton of people calling him with a thousand dollars in their pocket. Yeah, that wanted to finance the rest, and he is small enough that he doesn't do financing. He won't do financing. Yeah, certainly not on a car like this, which terrified him. So it was the oddball in his fleet, and totally. everybody calling wanted to bring a buck and a half and finance the rest, and he told them all no. And you walked in with cash. So he said he had it listed for fourteen nine. He had it a month and dropped it to ten five. It's like okay, and I'm thinking in my mind, even ten five is a buy. Mm-hmm. So walked in. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the keys. You know, kind of older gentleman can't be bothered. Sort of demeanor. He's like, can we take it for a test drive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. You know, go around the block. We'll see you in a bit. Like, okay, great. So the three of us, you and Chance and I, Chance and I have been walking circles around the car while the yeah. sun is setting, and Paul's inside talking to the guy. We're walking circles around well, the I car. I said, boys, I need your eyes yes, on the car. For sure. Just start yep. making opinions, yep, yep. start noting things, call it out. You know, we're not buying a $30,000 car. But it had both axles, so I was already thinking we were pretty close. You know, <laughs> The car unlocked. It had power, which means it's got a working battery. I mean, our standards are low. Like, it started. Huh. Yeah. Literally everything well, everything was a revelation. <laughs> the lights came on. <laughs> the doors unlocked. Exactly. <laughs> the car started. I mean, it was just at every step, we're like, that's good news. Yeah. Totally, totally. So we roll out of the parking lot. This is a different beast, as you will see in the video. Yes. And I, I will not give anything away, but this is a different beast than your typical luxury sedan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay? I'm excited so, for you to share what you've done with it. I'm very excited. So we excited started driving. Got our eyes on it, pulled over in another parking lot just to, you know, under a street lamp. It was dark at that point. Yeah. yeah just yeah. to look at things without the guy standing there. Yeah. 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 And, you know, listen to the engine and just poke and prod the car, mm-hmm. look at the tire wear, all that kind of stuff. And so ultimately, the three of us really couldn't find a reason to not buy it, especially at that price. <laughs> and you and I had talked I mean, about offering him 10000 flat yes. as a starting place. And then even at ten five, it's still a buy, yeah. which is yeah, what yeah. he'd listed at. So we came back to the dealership, walked in, and he, you know, I had his full attention at that point. And this is 6 p.m. Yeah. at this point. He's, he wants to go home. Oh, yeah, he does. He, he does. really, really He's wants to go home. Day. He really wants deal. us to handle this transaction now that he, we're excited to buy it. He wants to handle it the next day or sometime the day after. But we legitimately have business to do at SEMA. And I don't want to keep running. None of us want to keep running back to the southern end of the, of exactly. the airport to this strip mall to try to buy this car. We want to, If we're going to do it, let's do it right now. Exactly. And I thought, the three of us have not come up with a major reason to not buy it. Other than the absurdity of the entire idea. After you get past that, if you get through that threshold. Once you suspend your disbelief. After you get through the threshold of, this is really stupid. (laughs) Then you're at a pool of just kind of, why don't we do this? Let's let's try this out. Why not? We got money. And so um, I I used my debit card. Mm -hmm. I've never used a debit card to buy a car in my life. Just threw it down. Bought it outright. It worked. Mm-hmm. I I used a debit card. He ran it like you're buying a meal yep. and you're paying 40 bucks for takeout food. Yep. He punched it in. 10,900 is what we settle on because he wouldn't take 10. He said 105 and then I've he got was, my, you know, documentation it was 10-5 fee plus documents and, and documents is always a pain. Yeah. A l- little bit of a sob story and I got to pay my gal who does the bookkeeping. I was like, yeah, okay. All the classic stuff. All right, can you knock 100 bucks off and, you know, the air conditioning is a little wheezy and you know the inside of the you know tread on the front tires. Essentially, ten five plus documents and, is what we're dealing with, and all the other exactly because there's always add on junk. There's always, always. add on stuff. Yeah. He said four ninety five for the dock fee. I was like, well, oh, that pushes me up to eleven grand. Can you knock a hundred bucks off? It's like you know looking at me, and he he looked me dead in the eye. I said, 
I always knew there would be a guy like you that walked in my door. <laughs> he said his car. that a dozen times this month. Totally. <laughs> Maybe that day. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I was like, well, thank, thank you, sir. Um, no, can we get on with it? Well, and no, and you knowing you knowing that any other car like this is running at least twelve, at least at, at the the mileage it was yeah. listed at high sixty eight thousand. Yeah, and plus, I kept coming back to the Carfax that told me it was serviced locally. Mm-hmm. I have not yet been to the Ferrari Maserati dealer to say hi. <laughs> Nor should you. By want the, the way. service yeah. records? Well, I want to go there to just uh, okay. see if I can pull the service records if they'll let me have something. I don't know TBD on that. But just to say, you know, it was, it was serviced locally. It's a Utah car. It yeah, needs to yeah, come yeah. back home. Mm-hmm. And so now we're cooking up the whole story about, well, why don't I just drive it home instead of taking the Southwest flight back home? Of course why don't you I are. just yeah, yeah. drive it home? That was the thinking from the start. Yeah, for sure. So uh, he ran the debit card, went through $10,900, started doing all the paperwork, gave me the DNV documentation sticker to put on the windshield, and handed me the key. <laughs> and the car was... Ours. We it's rolled. yours, everybody. It's, yes, it's it is ours all of ours. In the You're right. Yes, sense. it is very much. It is all of our car. We rolled Thank to dinner you. in a Maserati Quattroporte. <laughs> so we went to dinner. But, but we had that crazy <laughs> thing you do after you buy a car, especially a questionable used car, where every new noise was like, "What is that? What's that noise? Every mean? what? What is that?" But but when we fought with the very wheezy bad air conditioner, I said, "This is solvable." Yes, you did. And yes, we wound up going to Walmart. It's it's hysterical to park at a Walmart parking lot in Vegas in your Maserati and go inside. I loved that, by the way, because this thing looks really clean. We went inside. We got more coolant, and we ran that through the air conditioner, and guess what? Presto changeo air conditioning. Fixed it right Suddenly, up. the car feels like it's worth $3,000 more because it's cool in there. By, this, by the way, this engine makes heat, some serious heat. Yes, the engine is pushed all the way back into the firewall. There's air in front of the front tires. This is a front mid-engine car. It is truly a front mid-engine. Engine V8. The engine's almost sitting in the cabin with you, yeah. generating heat. Yeah, you she's need hot. AC. Yeah. Yes, oh, for yeah. sure. So yeah, Todd's a great idea. Let's go to Walmart. Get the Freon. <laughs> we pumped it in. No problem. Yeah. The air conditioner instantly started blowing cool air, and we went, sweet. Yep. I, by the way, I found the fuse already for the 12 volts inside the cabin, because those weren't working, you know? Oh, okay. And we got the FM modulator, so I yeah, can yeah. You know, run the, the Bluetooth. Yep. You know, for the drive home. So we got it all fixed up, went to dinner. <laughs> it's doing great. And we used it in Vegas mm-hmm. for the whole week. We it needed was our to, transport. We, we, we had went. a breakfast meeting on Wednesday, took it to breakfast at the Aria Cafe, yep, yep. parked it, no problem. Admiring the car the whole time, just laughing hysterically that we did this. Thanks again to you guys. Every time we got out, unbelievable. Chance and I would look at the car and smirk and walk away. And then we would realize after about 30 seconds, Paul's not with us. Because <laughs> Paul's still looking at something on the car and marveling oh. about the fact that we actually have done this crazy thing. Yeah. This car has two door switches on each handle. So mm-hmm. four handles on the outside, two switches per. One is the electromechanical, one is the actual mechanical. They have put redundancies. <laughs> they are so not comfortable with their own electronics, they put mechanical redundancies in the outside door yes. handle. Required for electronic doors, but hysterical. I've never seen them next to each other. Like the, right. like the Corvette like, is a well, great what do example. these two switches do? The Corvette has that uh, electronic On the release, inside, it does. But on the floor, on the inside. The, I've never seen... We put electrical wood. By the way, there's a mechanical wood right beside it. And we're like, I've well, never well, seen well, that. that does the same That's thing. That's hysterical. Oh, yeah, interesting. You just one's get to make kind of easy and one's pick, I guess. normal yeah. easy. Ridiculous. Anyway, so we drove it around. I dropped the guys off on Thursday night mm-hmm, after the flight. show was all yep. done. They took the flight home. And I got a motel just north of Vegas and uh, set out Friday morning to drive home, filled her up with gas. By the way, the gas mileage is not good. <laughs> filled her up with gas Rated it nine in the city. Nine, yes. Thirteen combined. Woo-hoo. Yeah, it's I've, exciting. I've tracked down mileage. I haven't calculated yet my exact mileage, but it's probably not good. <laughs> not I probably good. shouldn't yeah. actually bother. You really shouldn't share. Yeah. So I drove it home Friday. She did great. I just, you know, called various people on the way to take up time. I had the FM modulator. I was I listening to music. Yeah, yeah. The car did great. It hang out, well, hang out, hung out at 85 miles an hour. No problem. Yeah, up yeah. through Utah. Mm-hmm. Stopped for lunch. The car did great. It was so just delightful. And so on uh, on Sunday, real quick, had a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. I told him, he's the, the guy I've mentioned before previously who has Pontiac tattooed on his heart. I mean, not yeah. literally, but you know what it I mean. Seems I mean like he's it. a yeah. drag racer. Sure. Yeah, he's time. all about GM big blocks. Mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. drag racer to the core. And I saw him, and and uh, I said, "Well, hey, you know, 
I just bought a Maserati. He said, pardon me? You did what? <laughs> like, no, I bought a Maserati. It's parked outside. No, you didn't. It's like it's uh, like a rolling advertisement for bad decisions. That's totally. That's really what this that is. That was his demeanor to start with. Yes. And, I mean, this is, you know, GM engines. He knows all the engine, knows everything about Pontiac and drag racing. He's got a 67 GTO drag racer. All right. He said, you, you did. Are you kidding me? You idiot. What are you thinking? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Let me back up. Let me explain. Let Aren't me explain. you a car guy? Yeah, Why so, did you do this? You're into cars and, you know, you tell me about the show and all this stuff. I'm like, no, no, no. Let me explain. So I walked him through everything that you guys have done for us. Yeah. We've listened to the podcast. It's, it's we've called it's out the car. Amazing, yeah. Here we've got the GoFundMe. And it's culminated <laughs> in this car. And he's like, all right, well, at least you didn't spend your own money doing this. I'm like, well, no. But we've spent our own money buying Todd's Phaeton, essentially. Yes, essentially. And, you know, the maintenance and upkeep is on us. And he's like, no. So this is a guy who has full wrenching capabilities. He pulls his engine apart for fun. Like, yeah, I think he just does two it week vacation, Saturday I'm going to yeah. rebuild I'm my big gonna, block. Gonna, and that hasn't been out of the this car what he does. Well, Let's do this. And so he, you know, we came outside. I showed him the car, and he went, huh. I said, well, look, this is a front mid-engine V8. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got for ten nine. Mm-hmm. He said, "Okay, well, that's not a bad price." Like, yeah, it's not bad at all. But let's go for a quick drive. And he drove it, mm-hmm. and he just kept going, "Huh." So ultimately, he said, "I can't wait to work on this car. <laughs> I want to do stuff. We need to do a four point eight liter engine swap. We need to dump an LS in this motor." Of course, he's thinking. I that. want to work on this thing. Of course, he wants to put an LS. In and it. now he's just he's looking at just like, well, I I liked how it drove and. Huh, engine swap, and you just have a cool Maserati <laughs> for nothing. Huh? He just kept saying that. Yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah. You brought him like, around. That's you hysterical. started way over here, mm-hmm. you idiot. Yes. And now you're on board. I said it's under your skin now. That's what Todd and I were thinking. That's what everybody listening is thinking. Yeah. It's under your skin, and it's, you cannot wait to see what happens. It's it's a bad idea that you just can't walk away from. It's it. I love. <laughs> that it's done this to you already, and I called I you Saturday and you answered the phone kind of out of breath because you were cleaning the car. You I were was. like cleaning the car. I was detailing that. Yeah, thing. you were. The leathers come to life thanks to Griot's products. The interior cleaner has really made it come to life, <laughs> and it was already Just pretty a, nice. It was. It was but I, good shape. I saw the quality of the interior and knew the quality of. Your cleaning abilities and Griot's products. I just gave it a wash. This is going to be stunning. It's come to life. Looks good. And, I mean, it has the cam variator startup rattle. I still can't believe this. Death blow to, you know, Maserati engines. It does have that, but, you know, it hasn't thrown any codes yet. It runs. She sounds good. Yeah, it does sound great. 69,500 miles currently. And we rolled over 69,000 miles with the three of us in the car driving around Vegas. Yeah. That is no miles on this car. That's for no years. miles. That's shocking. I come back to the Carfax mm-hmm. telling me the service and it's mm-hmm. local. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. And I didn't have to ship it, drove it home. No hiccups. Started, ran. Here we are. I'm so excited to share this with you. There's going to be so much content. There's a shirt coming that is There's hysterical. A shirt. Yeah. There's a Thank great you shirt coming. a million times over because you guys have made this possible. And again, we're not here to bash on them. I'm here to tease them endlessly. For we're here to bash on them Six generations bit, of yeah. calling your sedan the four-door. It's yeah. been like almost 50 years of Maserati calling their one sedan the four-door. We started, looking this, up, right? we started looking up other Maserati names to find that all of their names are essentially just the Italian word for something obvious. The Levante is high riding. It's It's raised. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, guys. Woo-hoo. Good job. Except yeah. for the Ghibli. The Ghibli is like a hot desert wind. Yeah. Okay. It's a fart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it is. But but exactly. but but also, be, go back. Go back. We've got the Maserati Bi-Turbo. Why? It has well, it's, two turbos. It sounds good in Italian it's when you got, say the It's got the two words. turbos, and so we're going to call it the Bi-Turbo, and I'm going to go to lunch. I mean, that's really the conclusion right there. I've so, actually thought about doing an entire review and learning Italian to do the entire review, and I don't know if I can pull this off. Maybe just a few I, sentences. I would love the But if except, I can pull it off, except you have to edit that goal. because the, somebody that knows the language has to edit. I know. I got asked to edit a feature film once. The, the person really, really, really wanted me to edit their documentary, and they liked my, my history, and we got sure. along really well. It was entirely in Spanish. And I said, I know about 30% of what I need to of the Spanish language to actually edit this. So yeah. you're going to have to have somebody that is a fluent speaker sitting over my shoulder because it's – and you really do. I spend so much time in editing. Everybody does. Where you reform sentences. 
you cut mm-hmm. that down that that you said uh and then you said too big of a space and you added a word and mm-hmm. you, you know what yeah. i can make that sentence i can make it 30 percent shorter because i can just take this stuff out you have to know the language that well so uh if you do a, a review entirely in italian congratulations sure you are also editing that review <laughs> i know i know at least a few sentences but i did start learning italian all in this enthusiastic frenzy after i went to this italy back in 2013 and I came back knowing at least the word for car. We use three letters to spell it, and the Italians say la macchina. It's really more complex than it needs to be, but it sounds like so beautiful. Yeah, the Chevy four-door. So beautiful. It's actually, because of the portals on the side, isn't it really just the Buick four-door? It is. It's the yeah. Italian Buick or mm-hmm. the, you it's know. the Buick four-door. People are saying the Miserati. Or, it's the Miserati, all right. Yeah. I cannot wait for this, this uh, update. I hope sure. it runs. The first video is going to be awesome. Wrong. I, we kind of hope that about both these cars, yeah. and yet we will laugh at the same time because we... <laughs> Are just it's like a giant ticking clocks above our heads oh, yeah. now. Oh, I don't yeah. even have a fate yet, and it feels that it's way. It's added worry to my life, by the way, because I'm thinking, has. oh, that thing that I read about on the Maserati Life forum. I wonder if my car has that noise. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, it has that noise. Oh, like, of course it does. Oh yeah. no, that's that, going to be a this super is why at repair. some point I stopped reading Lotus updates. But I have <laughs> my friend who wants to work on it now. Yes. He has professed. He said, "Let's let's get that up in the air. Let's take a look at this thing. I want to work on that car." He's like, "Buddy, I might take you up on that." I was in the Lotus today, and I was literally thinking at one point, huh, that rattle's gotten worse. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, yeah. uh, this, I'm telling you, I stopped reading the Lotus Forums because at some point it was just like, yeah, it's all going to break. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for joining this madness. You guys are the result, uh, you guys are the catalyst for the madness, and you're now seeing the results of it. Thank you so much. Do me a favor. If you haven't rated the podcast, would greatly appreciate you giving it a rating and a review. That helps us stay in the top 10 of automotive podcasts. And it also, you'd be amazed how often people write us. They were looking for a podcast. They look through the top 10 or so. Mm-hmm. That's how they found us. And you guys keep that moving just like you get us into crazy cars. And, um, you know, your, your proxy, Quattroporte owners. The cool kids on the forum say QP5. It's Ugh, the fifth generation. Stop. 2004 to 2012. Stop. QP5, everybody. You might not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at AutoTempest.com. All the cars. One search. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out, and it's baking your car's interior. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Can we find something that resembles reality? <laughs> can, can we can we ridge I'm, I'm away this from reality Maserati now. madness back to a car debate? Yeah. We actually have one here. Writing uh, Shane's writing into us from Boston, and he has treatment for the long dormant car disease. He blames us for for <laughs> reigniting. Yes, as he should, as you all should. He re- blames us for reigniting this car disease. Though with your Maserati discussion, he may be running away screaming. <laughs> all right, Shane. Thanks for writing. Really appreciate your email. He is relatively new to the podcast. Welcome to the madness. He lives in southern Maine, travels all over New England for work. And the sentence that just, it killed me, Shane, he said, after a decade of this, I'd worn my Spotify playlist to the digital bone. <laughs> what does that even look like? I don't know. I don't know. But, the, wow. The you device is like, words. cannot access. It's, we're done. <laughs> Sorry. He says your podcast helps pass the miles, which he does in a black 2017 Ford F-150 XL Sport. It's the 4x4 with the base 2.7 liter EcoBoost. And the six-speed auto provided by his company, which, which is pretty is nice. Why it's perfect. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He says he loves it mostly because it's free, but it you know does just about everything he needs it to do really well, while being properly good-looking, equally good to drive. But of course, we've caused this problem, this yes, this disease that yes, has long laid mm-hmm. dormant. It's almost like a Christmas song. No, stop, laid stop, no, stop, stop, no, stop, stop, stop right now. Okay, I, I mean, seriously, I'm about to be subjected to that <laughs> every day at home. <laughs> Seriously, is I, it this, is, this soon? is actually the hackles for me. Actually, it's we've not got a na- Thanksgiving yet. We've got a neighbor down the street that the day after Halloween oh, no. put up their Christmas decorations. Oh, and my wife, me. thank God, was like, "Okay, now that's too early." But as soon as Thanksgiving <laughs> hits, 
I have six weeks of Christmas song hell. It's like six weeks of, oh, of hell. Wow. So please don't add. Okay. Please, please don't add. All right, Sorry, so go on. It's, um, it's I'm, not I'm a, a little song. touchy. I'm a little touchy there. I no apologize. Problem. Keep going. <laughs> no problem. So here he was, walking between appointments in Boston in a sales fog, he says, when all of a sudden, this wild, snarly, and very clearly turbocharged noise reverberating off the buildings I love this. caught all of his attention. So he said, Shane said, I started scanning all the ho-hum metal passing by and in the distance, and nothing could have been producing such a noise. It kept getting louder from one direction, so I stopped and waited to see what was going to come around the corner. I love this so much. Was it a Ferrari or some exotic thing creating this wonderful and unique note? No. It was, and he's assuming it was a straight-piped, Fiat 500 Abarth. I don't think it was straight-piped. Shane, my friend, first off, I think that's just that car. I think it is, too. It was white with a black stripe down the side, and he said, if anybody had told him they were considering a Fiat 500, his first question would be, you know, what are we going to do with the hairdryer and the rest of the hairdresser's kit? Wow, that's controversial there. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> Yikes. they're good. They're for everyone. The 500 Shane. of Bart we have talked about many times because it's awesome. And honestly, it does sound that absurd from the factory. He said yeah. this thing was awesome. Conveniently, he thinks it would fit with his ATV in the second and <laughs> only soon to be free bay in his barn. <laughs> so he's thinking that it's short enough. Let's let's paint this picture for a second. <laughs> he's thinking that it's short enough that he can keep the ATV snucked up on one end and he can get the abart behind it and still close the garage door. I think you can. I think you can too, by the way, yeah. His only concern is he's six foot three with an eight year old and a two year old. That will both not allow him to leave without hitching a ride, of course. <laughs> Daddy. Gotta take, take the kids, especially if you have a car that sounds like the that. The snarly race car. We have to it take is. this. I described it as a little dragon on our yes. YouTube piece forever ago. Please it go does. watch that because we put it up against the Fiesta ST. And while at the at the core, the Fiesta ST is a better chassis, the 500 Abarth has something personality-wise that does. is just a riot. It snorts and burps and farts and, a, and all the inappropriate dragon. moments. It's perfect. And people look at it. Yep. I think it's cool. All right, so he says, you know, what if we could use this as a second car, as a road trip machine, even though he's got the F-150 to do that? <laughs> he's just not sure because they seem so tiny. But at this point, he's just frozen with fear. Should I do this? It's what do I do? paralysis by analysis. Yeah, analysis yeah, yeah. by paralysis, the other way around. The other way, yeah. So he'd like to stay below 15000 That you know, something that wouldn't give the ATV the boot out of the barn. That being said, he said he could be persuaded to take a few grand out of the budget to build a toy box and stick a first-gen Chrysler 300 SRT8 or a Corvette in the second bin. Wow, we suddenly went bigger. We did. A lot more power. Okay. So he's had a number of vehicles, Ford Bronco 5.0 from 1993. He's had a 2000 Mitsubishi Eclipse. That's manual. cool. That's cool. He's had the 06 Chrysler 300 Touring, a Subaru Legacy, and, of course, now the F-150 company truck. Yeah. He also said the one that got away was the 1977 Toyota FJ40 with a lift, Ooh. 32s on it, four-speed, and a Chevy 350. Because as we learned earlier oh. from your Maserati-surprised uh, friend, that everything would be better with an LS. I, LS swap the yeah. world. <laughs> I'm I'm slowly like everything is converging. I am horrified towards LS swap. I am horrified. Can you imagine? There is, folks. Folks, can you imagine this? There is a corner of Paul's brain that already has this Maserati with an LS swap, a six-speed, and a Safari lift. Well, there, the, there's a the corner of your is, brain that's already there. Well, the the problem is, you guys have bought the car, and ultimately we want to raffle it off, and we're not sure if. Anybody who bought a is ticket is going to say, want it. no, 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 guys, you keep the car. I I'm, think that's going to be likely. I'm plenty fine. I'm satisfied. <laughs> I'll just watch from a distance. You guys you guys keep worrying about that problem. So You're if right. something happens where oh we end gosh. up keeping the cars, again, thanks to you guys, what it's do we do with it? Grabs. Michael's going to want to put an LS swap in it. We'll lift the thing. Even if we don't Safari as it, he's, he wants an LS swap in that thing. It'll be reliable oh, no. and keep the same exhaust. So it'll still have that rumble with yeah, the Ferrari note I out know. the back, and it'll just yeah. it'll run. Uh-huh. Sure it will. Right. Uh-huh. Sorry. So, sorry. Back to Shane. Shane wants something with character. <laughs> Get a Maserati Quattroporte. It's less than 15 grand, apparently. You know that character is the code word for breakable or has battle scars or yeah. something yeah. combination of the two, right? He says, I want something relatively reliable. Don't get the QP5. <laughs> yeah. Avoid the forum, too. He anyway. can wrench a bit, but he's got a friend who stores his tools, and he's got an, you know this friend has an 06 Subaru STI project car, four months away from completion, and so he says manual if possible, seats four preferably, but you know he wants something unique, even if it's not the hot version of yeah, yeah, some yeah. mainstream sure, model like sure, a Mitsubishi sure. Evo or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, what do we do here? 
And by the way, our friend Jack Baruth at Road and Track mm-hmm. wrote an article back in September 2015. It is essentially a style guide checklist okay. to determining cars with character. And you could apply this to your own. Oh, interesting. Big shout That's out to right. Jack. He says, whether it's age or mileage, mechanical ingenuity, something above and beyond the call of reason or locally famous, how does your car stack up? Interesting. If it has fewer gears, but they're all, you know, all manual, <laughs> great. Yeah. He also said, if it's a flat eight and you drove it to work, 100 points. <laughs> <laughs> you win, sir. You win. You win, sir. That's good. So I like that. So big shout out. You got to look at that good. article. That's it's hilarious. Very, very good. Jack's a great writer. So uh, th- this is how we determine okay. cars with character. Shane, first off, look, I- I'm going to give you a couple things that I think you need to look at. But but I'm going to say this to you about the Fiat 500 Abarth. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with it. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I was going to say. I just, for, for your situation, thing. nothing. You say you're 6'3 and you've got two little kids. That actually has a decently sized back seat. <laughs> I don't know that it's a road trip car. I mean, if you and your wife and the kids want to go somewhere and you're used to having a pickup to take, you're going to go, where did all my space go to pack stuff? But your two little kids in the backseat of that car, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And because it's already kind of captured you with its ridiculous and obnoxious personality, go with that. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. I'm going to give you options, but there's nothing wrong with that. I think you would thoroughly enjoy a 500 Abarth. It is very small. I think you would enjoy it. Uh, I have to say, you have mentioned on your list that you would consider a Miata and you'd consider a Corvette to two-seat cars. So you said you'd do like a raffle for something for which kid gets to go. But uh, you would consider both of them. And I do think that they are both viable. They're usual suspects, but they're both viable. I will say two others that I know everybody's thinking usual suspects here. But what I want you to do is chase light and fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ideally, if you can chase small while you're at it, it helps you with your ATV problem. So <laughs> now, now we're actually worried about parking in the process. So anyway, there's all those things. But uh, if you're going to shop Fiat 500 Abarth, you do need to drive in comparison the Fiesta ST. Okay. All right. All right. I, I, uh, this all is right. going to sound weird. I think the 500 Abarth <laughs> wins the life of the party personality contest between the two cars. Yeah. I think the Fiesta ST is fundamentally better to drive. Not that the 500 Abarth is bad, mind you. I just think the Fiesta ST is more focused on that task and better at it. But if you bought the 500 Abarth, I think you'd be thrilled. But please cross-drive the Fiesta ST. Use that as homework. While you're there, I have one other for you because we are talking about four potential seats. you got to drive the 86 chassis. Okay. The okay. BRZ, sure. the FRS, the 86, however you want to call it, drive that car because you can do six-speed, light, uh Maybe you need to put a, a crazy exhaust on it like I did on mine. Don't do that. But but you could. <laughs> well, you could. The point is that that car is not personality-wise out of the exhaust, but there's a lot of – it's a very unique car. What I find fascinating is when we drive through a major city, partially because I own one, but also just that's a small and low-slung enough car that it just stands out. In the sea of sameness, the 86 chassis looks interesting. I think it looks more interesting, frankly, than the Fiesta ST or the Abarth because it has the low-slung, small feel that other cars just don't have. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's not as unique and quirky as these others we're talking about, but it's worth a drive. There's one that I've got for you, Shane. Oh, wow. Good. Only one. It fits all your quirkiness. It is as much Mini Cooper you can buy Mm. for that money. Mm. This car will make... It's very good. Well, it, it'll, you know, in comparison to the QP5, it, it will be a perpetual motion machine. <laughs> it will be run, the you're saying, huh? dead nuts reliable. Frightening. It will be perfect in comparison to a used 15-year-old Maserati. So yes. when you, it's all relative. <laughs> it when you put it in perspective. Officially like, a sliding scale. Oh, well, you were right. Yes. It's going to be just fine. You've said you've got a friend with tools. You want something quirky. And I love the thinking from many designers. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll say to yourself, well, huh, well, that's a creative way to open the door or put the window down or... That's interesting placement for the switch. It's just yeah. different than you experience, but yeah, it's fair. not not ergonomic. Uh, yeah, double. It's well thought out. I, I, it's it's well thought out. It just isn't. It isn't the first thing you expect. Very much so. Yeah, I so I say, if you can get the JCW John Cooper Works Mini Cooper if you S, can, if sure, you yeah, can yeah. for that money, it's got a similar kind of engine note. It's not not quite as blatty as that Fiat no, Five Hundred Abarth, but it's still fun. Four genuine seats, surprising amount of space. Okay, manual yeah, yeah. transmission, and there's far more interior space than you would expect in all I of like these it. cars. I like That's it. That's what is so much fun about the Mini. And, you know, you've got options to do some cool wheel color or your own design. That's what Mini encourages. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think you would really dig this car. They're so much fun to drive. They're just quirky and fun and different. Get that driving fun out of it, and I think that's what you want. And they're almost as short as that 500. 
That's good. That's a good alternative. Hopefully we've helped there, uh, Shane, with, with that discussion. I want to move on to many, many questions of which I was looking at. Man, there's so many. Uh, yeah, we should move on. But you know what? Buy the Fiat 500 and have a good day. Buy one of these. The mini's, <laughs> the mini's good there. Hopefully it helps, Shane. Jumping to questions. On Instagram, Billy Left is looking for a watch recommendation. Oh, no. We Left turned there. into a bridge button. And- his yeah, wife is sure. buying him a watch as a gift. $1,500 max, automatic or mechanical movement, metal band, no bigger than 43 millimeters. I have your watch. Really? He currently has a Shinola Canfield 43 millimeter. It's all static to me. It's all static. Billy, got your watch. It is uh, Sauvé. It is TSO VET. The SMT FW42. It's a 42 millimeter Swiss automatic with the metal band. Clean design. It's not a chronograph. Wow. Super clean metal. I think you'll dig it. Only 42 millimeters, and they're like $825, something like that, depending on where you can well get done. it. Well done. It's all That's your watch, me, my friend. Bravo. All right. Look into those. Uh, two real quickly that both relate to cars. Billy writing in on uh, Facebook, and I'm going to follow that up with Mystic Negro because it makes me laugh. Billy said, is there a good secondhand 4x4 I can buy to get my tires muddy and learn how to off-road? There's one quick answer to that. Buy yourself an old Wrangler and move on. How about a, a Suzuki Samurai? Sure. Samurais. Why not? Yeah, right. That's cheap, really cheap. It's really super cheap. duper cheap, and they're but, mountain goats. But you're right. But Wranglers are just out there. Wranglers wherever are out you there. live, wherever you live, go buy That's a Wrangler. And be done. Mystic Negro. Do you see this question? <laughs> he had many questions. Yeah. What movie monsters do you think best represent the horror you have unleashed upon yourselves with the Phaeton and the QP5? The film guy has to answer this. I'm not good with movie monsters. I I, I have found the one for the Phaeton. Have you? It's Norman Bates from Psycho. <laughs> He seems perfectly normal, yes. and then all of a sudden it all goes wrong. Yes. It's Norman Bates from Psycho. That is the Phaeton. It's, it's, it's bland. It's boring. But if it goes wrong, it's going to go wrong spectacularly with knives in the shower. It's just, wow. I'm staying with Norman Bates. <laughs> You're going to have to think one for the QP5. I will. I'll think of one for the QP5. I don't have it yet, but I was very struck by that one, so we'll have to revisit that. Wow. All right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, people are wanting me to... Um, Make the Maserati mix. We found discs in the six-disc <sighs> CD changer. We found five discs and in the five-disc changer. And Andrew Dammit Patton says, is Paul going to make his own Maserati mix? I just might. We, we need we, a CD burner, this we, ancient we, technology from decades ago. <laughs> we posted on Instagram the four discs I took out and promptly threw away. Uh, but the fifth disc was just labeled Maserati Mix, and we played it, and it was all a mix of show tunes and Fleetwood Mac, and Chance and I, almost simultaneously, as if inspired from above, said, that stays with the car. That goes right back in the changer. Through, through tears and, of laughter. And when, and when that car, uh-huh. whatever, whatever the future of this car is, that Maserati mix goes forward. Uh-huh. So maybe you'll make your own. You're right. We've got to find that ancient technology while we're at it. That's very funny. Uh, Kyle Burkhart said a question that uh, we almost have an answer for. I know that sounds weird. You asked, how is the pilgrimage to Portugal coming? First off, it's not going to be called pilgrimage because it's a little bit different trip. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're calling it the Iberia Adventure because that is the peninsula of Spain and Portugal. Right, right. Give me a week. Honestly, give me a week, and, and all the info will be out. That is how close we are. We're, we're very close to releasing it. Hopefully, by the next podcast this Friday, we'll be able to release it publicly. The reason that's valid is because, A, this trip's expensive. B, uh, we have got to have people signed up by December 15th, or it's not happening. I mean, well, put it another way, or you can't go. <laughs> that's that's the better way to put it. Right, that right. is an actual hard deadline that we have to get this signed up because there's a lot more logistics for RSR who's helping us than when we just drop in on their backyard at, at the Ring and Spa. So it is by December 15th. So we're going to give you a full month on that. We will be talking it up. It's going to be a really, really cool trip. It's not going to be a cheap trip. <laughs> this is sort of like a soft open. Right, it's, it's, we I'm, haven't officially I'm letting, posted I'm yet. Letting but, you know it exists. But it's the soft tea. Letting you know it exists. Like it. The actual info will be up by by the time the week's out. Blue two forty on Instagram says, "What car would you want to experience for the first time again?" Great mm. question. I think back to when we started the show. I think back to the two sports cars that pushed you and I over the edge into this whole that's good sheer that's madness. Good. Yeah, yeah. The nine twenty eight and the three hundred ZX. Yeah. We discovered tires. We discovered all kinds of things. We discovered yeah, yeah. dynamics and rotation. You're right. And you're right. Yeah, yeah. Grip and handling and all these terms. How cool would it be? You're right. With who we are now, to drop back into those cars, having never experienced them. And there's a part of me that doesn't want to drive a 300 ZX again because it's been years. <laughs> and they'd be like, "I liked this." Yeah, I, but but <laughs> no, I you but would. I know still I still like would it. like it. Yeah. I just think the the first cars that mm-hmm. got us kind of down That's this road because I was in Jeeps and Honda Accords for a long time. Yeah, Not yeah. That they're bad. Not that they're bad. Yeah, they no, just, but I get it. You know, a 1977 Jeep Cherokee is 
not the greatest. Not the 928 Porsche. And a 1986 yeah. Honda Accord DX is not the greatest. Definitely not. So that I, was I, I where I was you. coming I from. Okay, but yeah. I would say in general, maybe mid-engine. Wouldn't it be fun to rediscover mm. mid-engine? Mm, okay. In any form. Sure, MR2, I, K, I don't care. Yeah. Rediscover that feeling. That's cool. That we're sort of used to now. All right. I see that. Kevin Buck's saxophone. Uh, that is, if you could choose a heavy or light rear-wheel drive car for snow, which would you choose? He's had arguments for both. I could actually defend either way because, mm. of course, the, the argument about having a heavy one, as long as there's weight over the back wheels, you're going to punch through. There is that argument. And if you don't have to wait over the back wheels, you put kitty litter and stuff in the trunk and all these kind of things. But I'm going to say light because mm-hmm. of the experience I had with the FRS because you have – let's be honest. You just have less to get rolling and even more important, you have less weight to stop. Mm, sure, sure. So the 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 great thing about a rear-wheel drive car in the snow is the fact that you can actually move the background with the power and, you, and it typically can be really agile. All the good things about rear-wheel drive do transfer into snow. But if you've got a ton of weight going, it's just all worse. This is the problem with people in huge, huge 4x4s that think they're invincible going really fast. And then when they lose it, there's just so much momentum there. There's just no way to get it back. So I'm going to say light. Hmm. There's a question also. The legend continues on Instagram. says, okay. if we could take the motors from one car maker, put them in the chassis from another, and then sell them as a badge-engineered mark. Ooh. What would our choices be? Ooh. Okay. Well, you're touching on the entire show that is called SEMA. That's the entire show. It's all just LS motors, In a nutshell. It's just LS motors in something (laughs) you didn't expect. That's really what it is. LS swap the world. And that one Porsche, the 944, that I just posted on Instagram, that was indeed LS swapped. As my drag racer friend Michael would say, you picked the weak one. Why'd you pick the LS3? You could have done the LS7 or the LS9 or something better. I'm like, yes, yes. It's all big V8 Chevy power. Just, you know, size to fit it in the engine bay. I get that. But... Ultimately, you know, you and I have talked about that um, Coyote Ford V8 swapped Cayman. Yeah. And the yeah, Ferrari yeah. engined, uh, it's the drift car. It's the Ferrari engined uh, yes, 86. The 86 that no longer has a hood because nobody builds a hood or can build a hood to fit over the Ferrari engine. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, ultimately, it's, it's always about the big motor in the small thing. Ideally. But this is the step further and selling them as the badge engineered thing. Sure, sure, sure. But you'd have to do it under, I suppose, the Dodge brand or something because hmm. it's, you know, such crazy power and unexpected. I don't know. I'm I'm just guessing with with no preparation. I'm just guessing. Okay. Uh, I'm. I mean, I'm always about the the high revving, high strung, beautiful music. You know, kind of V12 mm-hmm. sort of music in something small that you would never expect it to fit. And there's a lot of hacking and sawing and welding that had to occur to make that happen. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. It's just I, I love what SEMA has done to resurrect <laughs> old cars. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I do, I do. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Go on. <laughs> Ellis swapped the QP5. Uh, I know. It's, this is what SEMA does Doesn't this have to happen? What also happens Nobody's is you Nobody's put a Chevy V8 in a Maserati Quattro. Somebody's going to find us one. You walk onto the 4x4 floor and just get dazed. I do. We'll see you in an hour. It's the I weirdest do. thing. SEMA does odd things to you. It Plus, only you hits. buy cars. <laughs> Very, very strange. Well, the, the joke was, all right, now we have to buy a car every year when we come to SEMA, yeah, drive it home, and, terrifying. and then then what? Then what, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's always about the monster Miata, the flying Miatas. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. always about that. The badge engineering, I mean, it may be something surprising like, this is a Kia that okay. decimates the world. How cool is this? All right. Sure, maybe. Funny. Do you see Rich's question on Facebook? He says he got rear-ended. He's afraid that his insurance company is going to total out his two, uh, 2014 Fiesta ST. So he's going to be car shopping. Mm. Any alternatives for under $20,000 for the daily driver? Right now it just sounds like a car debate. But here's the reason that it's a great question. He wants it to be fun, but not something women will wrinkle their noses at. So now the entire question has changed. Okay, <laughs> oh, He's single and it matters what the ladies think. He does commute 45 miles a day. Rich, I'm going to – okay, I'm going to – this is a room full of rakes. I'm going to step in very carefully on my tiptoes and ask this question. I'm sorry. Are you telling me that the Fiesta was embraced by the women you wanted to date? Because that's not <laughs> been the impression the Fiesta ST's ever given off. No. I think no. there's kind of nowhere to go but up on perception from mm. where you were with the Fiesta ST. And, and please note, this is me talking. I love this car. It does not make a good impression. <laughs> unless you are driving it and loving it. And my wife is proof, and I've heard of other wives that are this way. They're just like, what is that thing? Okay? <laughs> so you have kind of nowhere to go but up, my friend. I think actually 
minis are successful. The uh, 86 chassis is very successful here. Uh, the Miata is a decent one as well. I think the Miata RF would be a great choice, but you can't get one for under 20 But I think shop the classic shapes that are well-received. The Fiesta ST is not one of them, uh, but I do think Miata would be great. Uh, how about an NC hardtop? Mm-hmm. That's a classy-looking mm-hmm. car in its own right. Uh, do you want the perception that a muscle car gives off? That's up to you. It does give off a perception. Uh, but I think, you know, the 86 is very accessible. The Miata is accessible. Um, maybe a Mini? Yeah. These are these are solid cars that I also see. Here's the other thing: I also see a lot of women driving them and loving them, whether they're sure. enthusiasts or not. Sure. So I think it makes it universal. Anyway, Avi Ram asking, "Why are the doors on the Nissan Altima that they rented so light? Oh, Too light? <laughs> You're feeling the manifestation of cost savings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a big way." I am so impressed with how the door shut on the Maserati. I knew this was coming. I can't even tell you the number of times Paul so got out and went. Did you hear great. that door? It is so great. Oh, stop. But there's nothing going on in the door of an Altima, and you're feeling maybe minimal uh, thoughts, minimal crash protection, minimal speaker and sound deadening, and <laughs> minimal everything. You're feeling that. Yeah, yeah. And thinner gauge sheet metal and all, all, all those cost yep, savings yep. matter. And, you know, when you feel a, a more solid door, <clears throat> like. Uh, QP5. I've heard uh, Or you heard feel just yeah. a, a particular switch or a handle or something. You think, well, something went into that. Mm. Yeah, it was a more expensive part to produce. Maybe the materials are better. Maybe it's more robust. It's, you know, we spent more on the on the sheet metal or, yeah. or the yeah, yeah. material itself. Or mm. it was manufactured in a different way. Because, as you know, it's just really torching the material into the shape that you want it. That's the main cost of the part. It's not the raw material itself. Mm, yeah. It's the people who work on it and making that thing out of the material. That's what makes the product so expensive. So you're feeling that in the in the Ultima. And as you go up, you you know, go into their trucks and it feels more sub- substantial and solid, all those things. Yeah, you've got to think about, all right, this is where the cost cutting went. I'm feeling it. Super questions. And right. and uh, Michael both had super questions. You can run them in together. Uh, we've got to dis- he was having a discussion about the new Supra and with his buddy was saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Toyota has this 86 chassis, which is kind of the Celica without mm. being the Celica brand. Yeah. The Supra comes from a Celica lineage. Why not yeah. use the 86 yeah. chassis to build the Supra on that versus partnering with BMW? And if they'd saved money there, couldn't they have built their own uh, straight six in- engine? I don't, forget the number, but Toyota dropped the number on us at some point as to what it would have cost for them to build a brand new engine for the Supra. And the short answer is never going to happen. <laughs> so the, Toyota is is the king of uh, conservative cost. And I'm amazed, to be honest, that the 86 exists. I'm amazed the Supra exists, truly, because they are so conservative. There was no chance they were building themselves a straight six engine because they couldn't figure out anywhere else they would want to use it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it would have been a one-off engine for a one-off car, and so that wasn't going to happen. So that's the other thing. The other thing is I think they wanted to differentiate it even further from the 86 because of that partnership with Subaru. Sure, sure. So I think they wanted to make a completely different chassis, and they were chasing the wheelbase of the Cayman. Uh-huh. Which uh-huh, the 86 uh-huh. has a bigger wheelbase than the Caymans. All of those things are reasons they didn't. Michael asked, we've driven the Supra, the new Supra. We've also driven the Z4M Coupe and liked it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's owned the Mark II Supra, but he's also owned three BMW M cars. So he's saying, which should he get? Which would he prefer? Which would we choose, the Z4M Coupe or the current Supra? I think the question here, Michael, is twofold. I think it's, what do you want for steering feel? Do you need a manual transmission? Those are the two key things because the Z4M Coupe looks really cool, drives really wonderfully. I think it is an unsung hero of a car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is older now. Sure. Do you want modern tech and modern feel? The Supra feels better than I think most people realize. It's a really, really good car to it drive. Is. It if is. you want something modern and you don't care about manual transmission, I think you'll thoroughly enjoy the Supra. The Z4M has good classic BMW steering feel that is gone now, just kind of through the industry at large because everybody's gone away from the hydraulic steering. And it does have a manual. 
So there's those. Sure. Hey, Tom Snap has been listening for a little while now. He was hoping for newer listeners that we could say a little bit more about our feelings on some of Honda's offerings. Welcome, Tom. Really appreciate you listening. He's talking about the Civic Si and the Accord Sport. And, you know, we all know how much we like the WRX. We haven't talked about it in a long time. So now people are saying, you never talk about the WRX, even though the first couple of years of the podcast were (laughs) We just assume it's a known thing at this point. It is. It is. So Tom definitely gets that idea. But yes, with both of those cars, you can feel the deliberate points where Honda backed off. That's that's as far as we're going to go with the performance mm-hmm. in the car. And as Todd and I's driving skills, I'll say, have improved our, you know, all those things that we look for in our own driving, we yeah, want to improve, yeah, yeah. that has improved over the years, we can feel more succinctly where that enthusiast point cuts off. And we say, I your point. okay, I see where they, you know what, they spec those tires. And if, if you only change those tires, yeah. it give you a little bit more corner yeah. feel out of that. Or hmm, that ratio, not quite as good as this other car. So I encourage you to watch the middles. It is Mm -hmm. part of season five, and we do include the Civic Si, and we liked it, but you can tell they very much look at the balance between price and where the cutoff is for as much performance as we're going to give you. They checked boxes for sure. It's a very distinct delineation on those cars. And that car goes well in that episode. Right up to those points where we think, aha, that's where it lets Mm -hmm. me down, or that's where I want more. But then we come back to... But you know, for the price, huh, this is really a consideration. Civic and the Accord are both, in their market segments, some of the more sporty, enthusiast-focused cars out there. They truly Mm -hmm. are. The the question you have to ask yourself is, do I want a more enthusiast chassis than this? Right, right. If you're shopping in those areas, yes, the Civic, think about all of its competitors. It is one of the sportiest models available in that area. The Accord, one of the sportiest models available in that area. For sure. Tires are your friend. But we are having a conversation at some point where should you just buy something more focused at being a fun car than these chassis? I mean, we'll talk about suspension feel. They think, aha, so that was a deliberate choice. Of course. A little yeah, bit yeah. softer. But on the other hand, this car has to satisfy a whole family, yeah. not just you totally. for your totally. – you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So we'll say, you know, what are you looking for? And you can feel that line. Mm-hmm. It's interesting when you cross it and the car pushes and it understeers and you yeah. – okay, that's where it let me yeah. down. But then you back off and, it, and price is always a consideration. We think, well, for that kind of money, where are you? Mm -hmm. Guys, thank you for the cars. Thank you very, very much. (laughs) I'm going to keep thanking you. Thank you for joining us. Bad decisions. (laughs) As you earlier today put it, where our our credibility as far as recommending cars has kind of gone down because we bought these cars. (laughs) Next time somebody comes to us and goes, what do you think I should do? It's like, sorry, we only make bad decisions now, so I'm not sure I can help you. Your credibility is out the window. You bought a Phaeton? What on earth? Yeah. Thank you so much for following. Really appreciate the madness. Keep writing your questions. We're looking forward to sharing a lot of content on both cars with you. And we're looking at including them in a TV episode, too. For sure. So, till next time, guys. Really appreciate it. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) 